We're to look at this verse here in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. And uh, verse 12 this is a popular verse. We've, we've all heard it before. This is Paul speaking. And, and uh, how many of you know Paul endured some trials? He endured some challenges. He came across some opportunities uh, to break down um, and even quit, even shut it all down and say, you know what, this is too hard. This is too difficult. But here uh, he charges us, beginning with verse 12, he says, not that I have already attained. See, we're at the beginning. We're not talking that we've already attained. We've already gotten somewhere. We've already achieved something, so to speak. He says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of. Of me, I wonder what God has called you to do that you haven't yet called yourself to do. I wonder what God has aligned your life for that you haven't yet taken on that purpose and that reality. He says, yeah, God got a hold of me, but now I want to get a hold of what he got a hold of me for. God can get a hold of your life. He can get a hold of your time. He can get a hold of your family. But if you don't lay hold of it also, you won't be able to press on. He says, I'm pressing on. Because I want to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Let's keep going. Brethren, I do not count count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind 2015, all the relationships I lost, all the money I lost, all the time I lost, I'm forgetting that which is behind all the successes that I gained, uh, all, all the relationships I gained, all the purpose that I gained. I mean, he's laying it, he, he's not looking behind at any of it. Because sometimes your successes, just as well as your failures, will keep you from moving forward. Amen. But he says, I uh, am forgetting those things which are behind and reaching, what's the word? Forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now let's keep going. Verse 15. Therefore, let us as many as are mature. Everyone say mature. Have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree, everyone say degree. To the degree that we have already obtained, or attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us be of the same mind. One more verse, verse 17. Brethren, join in following my example, and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. Everyone say pattern. Pattern. Last week we opened up uh, because we are in uh, our series forward, and no, I did not forget how to spell the word forward. It's the number four because we are looking at four steps toward moving forward. And you can see that I, I spelled it right the second time. So don't try to correct my grammar on that. Amen. We are looking at our series called four. We're looking at four steps. Last week we took a look at our first of four steps, and that is expectation. Expectation. It's very hard to go anywhere if you're not expecting anything. Amen. It's very hard to go anywhere if you're not expecting anything. It always starts with your expectation or what's the vision 
that God has given your life. And I hope uh, if you haven't already, you've begun this last week, start putting your life in motion in 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 an area of looking ahead, looking forward to the things that God has for you. But we've got to have our expectation. But today I want to look at preparation. Preparation. Four steps. We've got to be expecting, but we've also got to be preparing. I've learned this in life that you prepare for what you expect. You prepare for what you expect. My wife is um, very good at this. Um, she loves to prepare things. She is a preparer. Um, I remember one night we were doing a Mighty Men's night here. Some of, many of you have uh, come along for those things. And uh, there was one night, you know, she just asked me, she said, well, what kind of snacks are you all going to have? What are you going to do? And I said, girl, this ain't one of your caller blessed things. We're men. And she's just like, well, you might want to prepare some snacks. So I said, fine. And so I went out and I bought two different kinds of chips, two different flavors. Didn't want to box us into one thing. You know, some of us might be picky. Got some barbecue and just got some regular stuff. I went out and got two kinds of cookies, got some Oreos and some, uh, I don't know, some chocolate chip or something. And then I went out and I got two kinds of soda, got some Dr. Pepper. Any Dr. Pepper fans in here? Come on, that's that's my stuff right there. You you better have, if you got a party, it ain't no party until Dr. Pepper shows up. Hey, there we go. So we got to have some Dr. Pepper. Got to have the doctor in the house. So we got some Dr. Pepper, but, you know, for all of our, uh, you know, Coke people, got some Coke too. And so I got two of everything, man. I got it all set up. I opened up the bag of chips, laid them out on the table. Opened up the cookies, laid them out. Opened up the or not opened up the sodas, but, you know, put them out and got cups and ice and everything, and I am prepared. And so, uh, you know, jokingly, before the guys start showing up, I take a picture of it and send it to my wife. I said, here you go. I've prepared some snacks. And uh, she sends me back this message. I'm not really good uh, with, you know, the little acronyms that people use. And so she sent me back SMH. Does anyone know what that means? So she is shaking her head, and I said, what? And she said, are you serious? I said, what? Did I get the wrong kind of chips? Did I get the wrong, what happened here? Where did I go wrong? She said, we've got trays in the back, and we've got bowls. You could have taken the chips out and put them in a bowl and made it look real nice, and you could have taken the cookies and you could put them on a red platter and circled them around and made them real pretty and 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 you we've even got coolers in the back you could have taken the sodas and poured them in there and filled them up with ice and so your level of preparation is different than my expectation this ain't no girl party ain't no slumber party this is guys come on we can eat out the bag we can open up the, hey, they, even Oreos, man, they have that little flap on top. You don't even have to break the thing open and rip the thing into 15 different pieces so it won't. They, they helped us guys out. You just peel off the flap, and then you've got the cookies right there at your disposal, and then you can shut it right back. You know, you're not having to, like, you know, 
put rubber bands around anything to close it back up because you ripped it open like an animal. You know, I mean, they're helping us out. That's all the preparation I need. But I, I figured out that you prepare for what you expect. My wife in another area, you, you tell her that somebody's stopping by the house. I, I mean, I'm not talking coming over for a visit and having dinner and, you know, wanting to hang out. I'm talking they're dropping something off. And in five minutes, she's in the kitchen mopping. She's cleaning dishes. She's vacuuming. I said, they're dropping something off. They ain't even coming in the house. I'm going to open the door. I'm going to hand them something or then I'm going to grab something. No, no, no. They're, they're coming over to the house. I found out real quick that she likes to pre- prepare for what she's expecting. I found out in life that your expectation determines your preparation. I found out that what you're expecting in life is revealed by how you prepare. Um, If we look at an athlete, no athlete gets on the field, no athlete starts their year out without preparing. And preparation is necessary if you're going to receive the results of your expectation. There's going to be a level of preparation in your life. And, and Paul here is talking about, it's not that I've already attained. I haven't already perfected. He says, I haven't finished yet. I haven't received the result of my expectation. But then towards the end, in verse 16, well, let's, let's start with verse 15. He's already said, not that I've already attained. Not that I'm already perfected. That's how he opened up in verse 12. But then watch this. In verse 15, he says, therefore, let us as many as are mature. That word mature uh, in the Bible means perfect. And it doesn't mean perfect like you got it all together. It means grown up, perfected. So he says, I haven't already perfected, but I am perfecting. I haven't already attained, but watch this in verse 16. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained. Wait a minute, Paul. You said you hadn't attained. So what's he revealing to us? He's revealing that this preparation has a process to it. That I can be in the process of attaining. Or I can be in the process. See, a lot of us see maturing, perfecting, and attaining as an event. You think that's going to happen at the end of the year when you have that amount of money saved in your account or when you get that uh, promotion at work that you've been believing for or when your uh, marriage is finally healed and mended. But he's saying here, I haven't attained and I haven't matured, but I am attaining and I am maturing. I am perfecting. So there's three things I want to look at in preparation today. There's three things that I want us to look at. Go over to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. And I want to look at the importance 
the importance of preparation. I haven't attained, but to the degree I already have attained. I haven't matured. I haven't perfected. But I'm mature to a level. I've obtained to a level. And this is what preparation is really all about. I'm going to be reading this to you in the New Living. And again, told you last year one of my New Year's resolutions was to get all these messages out on our Version app. Um, so if you don't have that version in front of you, you can go on to the app and you can see all of our uh, the, the points that I'm using today, the verses that we're using. Uh, but they'll also obviously be on these uh, HD high-definition 55-inch uh, television screens as well. Uh, but let's just start. We're going to pick up with verse uh, 10, I believe, Luke chapter 9 and verse 10. It says this, When the apostles returned, they told Jesus everything they had done. Then he slipped quietly away with them toward the town of Bethsaida. Verse 11 But the crowds found out where he was going, and they followed him. He welcomed them and taught them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who were sick. Verse 12, late in the afternoon, the twelve disciples came to him and said, Send the crowds away to the nearby villages and farms so they can find food and lodging for the night. There is nothing to eat here in this remote place. Imagine somebody preaching and ministering so long that people got hungry. Okay. Uh, Verse 13, but Jesus said, you feed them. You feed them. But we have only. We have only. How many times do we tell that to God? He tells us to do something and we say, I have only. We immediately point to our limitation. He places on us uh, uh, an expectation of abundance and, and, you know, being the answer and being generous and, and then we immediately go back to say, but I have only. And he says, but we have only five loaves of bread and two fish. They answered, are you, what's that word? Expecting us to go and buy enough food for this whole crowd. Their expectation, our limitations oftentimes dictate our expectations. They're limited in what they can supply, so their expectation goes to, uh, okay, if you're telling me to give them food, then you must be expecting us to go and buy food for them. But in verse 14, he says, for there were about 5,000 men there, and Jesus replied, tell them to sit down in groups of about 50. 5,000 people, and he's breaking them up into groups of about 50, okay? So the people all sat down. Verse 16. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish. It's amazing what will happen with your limitation when you put it in God's hands. Jesus took. See, Jesus can do something different with five loaves and two fish than you and I can. But many times we just hold on to our limitation rather than changing our expectation and saying, God, here you go. This is all I got. But I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to let it go. Now let me see what you can do with it. See, he's not looking for your power. He's just looking for your obedience. And if you'll just obey, he'll show up with his power. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, watch this, he kept. He kept giving the bread and fish to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He kept giving. 
the first thing I want to look at with preparation is the problem with preparation. The problem with preparation. Because preparation isn't cool. Preparation isn't showy. Preparation uh, isn't what, uh, nobody shows up to watch a football, guy, a football team or an athlete practice. They watch them to do what? Play the game. You're not paying money uh, for tickets and putting 100,000 people into a football stadium to watch them practice. Now, there are some people that get a kick out of that kind of stuff, and, and that's great. But the majority is not spending, you know, $5,000 on 50-yard uh, line seats to watch them just run through drills and do the same thing over and over and over. The problem with preparation is it's routine and mundane. Uh, there's, there, there's nothing exciting about it. Preparation doesn't have the effect that people come and watch. Uh, preparation is routine and mundane. And what happens a lot of times, guys, is we prepare, or let me put it this way, we compare our preparation to someone else's highlights. We compare our life as we're preparing, maturing, attaining, and we look at someone that has already matured and someone who has already attained and someone that has already uh, gotten a hold of something. And uh, I heard one minister put it this way. You compare your behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel. You compare your practice where no one's showing up to someone else's life that's on display and you see everything and, and you don't recognize the practice that they put in to get to where they're at. I used this example before. Uh, last year, I believe it was, there's a, a football player um, for the New York Giants. I believe his name is Odell Beckham. Don't quote me on that, but I, I want to say it's something Beckham, Odell Beckham or something like that. Plays for the New York Giants. And last year, 2014, he made this ridiculous catch against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they were at the Cowboys playing them, big game. And he was going for the touchdown, and he did this ridiculous – I mean, I, I can't even do it without falling over and looking like a fool in front of you, so I'm not going to try it. But he stretched out into the end zone almost with his head to the ground, parallel to the ground, and with one hand caught the ball and scored a touchdown. And, I mean, everyone's just, you know, blown away with the catch. I mean, it's just, you know, aerobatically and, and, and just with what the human body can do, it would, just, it would just blow your mind if you saw it. How many of you have seen it? How many of you know what? Okay, some of you have seen that catch. Just an insane catch. Awesome. One-handed. Catching a, ball, a football one-handed anyways uh, is hard in and of itself, being parallel to the ground where you really can't even see the ball coming at you, just sticking your hand out and hope that it sticks, really. But I was watching ESPN after the game, um, and they showed him that day, that day, before the game, before the stands are filled, before the people start coming in, before everybody's cheering him on, before it's game time. And he's out there practicing, 
catching the football with one hand. Like, that's all he's doing is, not all he's doing, but he has this whole routine that he goes through where he's just having somebody throw him a football and he's just practicing grabbing it with one hand. He's got his Beats headphones on. He's just going through his routine, pregame routine, and he's out there. Why? Because you don't attain that at game time without preparing before game time. And see, we see that stuff, and we think it just comes naturally. We think they just have the ability. We think that they just naturally are, are able to obtain these things, and we don't recognize the practice and the effort. Not only that, but we don't see his time in the gym. We don't see his diet that he holds himself to to make sure that he can perform at the highest level. We don't see what time he gets up and what time he goes to bed. We don't see all the sacrifices that he's making in preparation so in one play he can show up and score an important touchdown for his team. And so we live our lives thinking that our life should be a constant highlight reel. And we don't recognize that there's preparation that's got to be involved. There's going to be times when nobody's looking, nobody cares, nobody's encouraging you, nobody's pushing you on. And there is a time of preparation. And the problem with it is it's the same thing over and over. He didn't do that one time and say, wow, I can catch the football one-handed. I'll try that in a game. No, he did it over and over and over. And it became routine. And it became familiar. And it became uh, mundane in his life. But he said, I've got to get it down here. Because if I don't get it in my preparation, then I will have no expectation. But his expectation was, with, even in game time, with the, with the game on the line, I can make this catch. Because his preparation revealed his expectation. There, back in verse, I don't know, was it 15? 16. He, breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving. Before the expectation of the miracle showed up, there was preparation taking place. And Jesus kept see right now i mean you're 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 listing your expectation we're two weeks in but i know we we still got i hope by now you know for you know what are we at 10 days i hope 10 days into your year you're not already thinking this thing's going downhill and it's going to just be a pile of nothing i hope you still got your hopes up i still i hope we've got our expectation out there but but what are you going to keep doing this year What are you going to push yourself to do that's routine, mundane, same old, same old, same story? It's the problem with preparation. Uh, Yesterday, we had our cooking class with Miss Tiffany. She gave us some great tips and showed us some meals uh, on eating healthier this year. This is something my wife and I are uh, working on in our own home and with our son. Is, is changing the ingredients. And, and, and I remember before we got started, we had this big table out, and we had cutting boards, and we had ovens, and we had blenders, and we had all kinds of different liquids, and we had all kinds of, and, and we kept taking, or she kept taking ingredients and mixing them all together. 
See, sometimes you see your life as a table full of ingredients, and you're like, what is this going to make? It's not until the ingredients are prepared, come on, somebody, and put together. There's a process that has to take place to get the result that you want. And sure, maybe the vinegar didn't smell that great. And sure, uh, that's just broccoli. And sure, uh, those are just carrots and onions. And we're just slicing and dicing. And, and the preparation time, I mean, we were there over two hours just preparing the meal. But the results exceeded my expectations. I'll be honest with you, there were ingredients in there that I'm not too keen on. I'm not an onion guy. I don't, I don't like onions. And she's chopping and dicing and I'm and in my mind I'm thinking I don't know about this I don't know she's 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 replacing cauliflower with uh for mashed potatoes and I'm like dude come on mashed potatoes we gotta that's gotta be and she's and so I'm like okay but I tried it and I ate it and it was delicious and I told my wife I said you make that I will eat it period because my wife has been apprehensive because uh, I can be picky and uh, although my palate has expanded recently, I can just, you know, not want to branch out and try new stuff. And I ate it, man. And it was great. The ingredients, all the, see, you might be looking at your life as a table of ingredients and thinking, I don't like that. But it's, God makes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called. It may not be good in and of itself, but when you work it together and you prepare it, it comes out good for your benefit. Amen. And there was one point I had my phone out and she thought I was bored. Uh, and, and, and even uh, Annabelle thought I was bored and I was texting her looking on Facebook. I said, no, 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 I'm getting notes for tomorrow. And I'm in there punching my notes in for this morning. And Annabelle had to look to verify. She looked in. She goes, yep, he's taking notes. I'm not texting. I'm not just thumbing through Facebook while the preparation is taking place. I'm getting stuff. Maybe you'll learn something in the midst of your preparation that you thought was only going to come at the end. And you realize, I'm learning this right now. I'm figuring in the process it's coming out. And that's my second thing. Preparation has a process. It's a process to preparation. There's a problem with preparation. But there's also the process of preparation. Preparation is a process. It's not an event. You don't go to one practice and say, all right, I prepared. No, it's something that you're doing over and over and over. Preparation is what gets you from expectation to initiation, which is next week's point. How do I implement? How do I act on my expectations? But she's got to prepare. And there's a process. There's a process. If you look at Luke chapter 9, again, and you look at verse... 14, it says there were about 5,000 men. And he told his disciples, tell them to sit down in groups of about 50. 
Because God cannot bless a mess. And preparation puts things in order. There's got to be some order in your preparation. You've got to set some things in order this year. You're going to have to change how you view money and respond to money. If you are going to have a different financial expectation in 2016, you're going to have to to set your marriage in order, set your life in order. If you want your marriage to increase and grow this next year, you're going to have to to set your faithfulness in order because you want that promotion. But you haven't gotten down, not showing up five minutes late or right at the last second to your job yet. And they're not promoting people that show up late. They're promoting people that show energy and passion for the job that they'll get there early and do what it takes. Uh, You're going to have to recognize that some order is going to have to be set in place if you're going to move forward in life. Advancement never comes without order. Never comes without setting things. We got people scattered all over the place, and Jesus says, we got 5,000 people. We're going to break them up into groups of 50. Because when I'm trying to bless them and when I'm trying to get the expectation to them, Where are they going to be at? Order doesn't prepare God. Order prepares you to be in place for what God has for you. Sometimes we miss out on God because we're just in the wrong place at the wrong time. But preparation sets things in order. Preparation. One of my most exciting times of the year is coming up in just a little over a month. Spring training in baseball. That's all I care about. I don't care about football. Okay, I watch all that stuff, but really I'm just waiting. I'm just, the clock is just ticking from October until February, until spring training. But spring training shows up, and that's a time of getting things in order. And it's the things that you get down in the beginning that will prove costly in the end. I don't know how many times I've seen someone in the World Series, when it's all on the line, mess up in the most fundamental area. I remember in 2000. Six, Detroit Tigers are playing the St. Louis Cardinals. And the Detroit Tigers got it, man. I mean, they are in it. And twice in the same series, a pitcher has an opportunity to throw the ball to third base. And twice they throw way over his head into the outfield and the guy scores. Changes the game. Changes the momentum. End up losing the series. On fundamental stuff. I mean, it's okay getting beat when you know the team was just better than you. But you don't want to get beat on fundamentals. Right? This is the ABCs. And the announcers are saying, this is the stuff you go over in spring training. But it's what you continue in. It's what you continue in. We ministered with our uh, ministry head team last night, our first staff meeting of the new year. And I ministered on the challenge of consistency. And, and, and you look from the beginning of time all the way through the Old Testament into the New Testament. There's only one thing God is trying to get from his people. There's only one thing. It's not love. It's not worship. It's not sacrifice. There's only one thing God's after from Genesis 1 all the way to the end of the book. And he's still looking for it today. It's obedience. He tells them in Deuteronomy with Moses, 
Now, you obey my statutes. You obey my commands. You obey my laws. And see that I won't open up the windows of heaven. See that I won't bless you. And those who, uh, those who bless you, I will bless. Those who curse you, I will curse. And, and, and then Deuteronomy 28, Deuteronomy 25. Deuteronomy 30. Then you get over into Joshua. Moses is gone. Joshua shows up and he says, what? Observe to do all that is written therein. Then your way will be successful and prosperous and you will have uh, good success. Uh, then, you know, uh, he moves on into Joshua chapter 5. And then we get through Joshua as a chapter of conquest and we get to the book of Judges. And we get two chapters into Judges. And it says, and the children of Israel forsook their God and went after other gods. Well, they do. They went after something different when God just wanted them to be consistent. And we get into a new year and all we think of is we want new, we want change, we want freshness. But maybe God wants you to just be consistent at something. Maybe he just wants you to keep doing the same thing. Yes, it'll prove more results. Yes, it will produce uh, greater results in your life and more fruit. Because when you're faithful, you become fruitful. But the thing is, is that sometimes we're looking for different and God's looking for something consistent. Because it's not about being different. It's about being consistent. Preparation is all about doing the same thing and just being consistent at it. Being consistent going to the gym, being consistent saving money, being consistent eating the right food. Being, that's where you see the real results in your life. What do you do consistently? It's a process. It's a process. It's not what we do different. It's what we become consistent with. Preparation has a process, and yeah, it's... Routine, it's mundane, it gets old, it gets boring. I've been doing the same thing. Maybe the results don't show up as quickly as you like, but it's what you do consistently that will produce results in your life. This year, you're going to have to stay determined that I'm prepared. Paul said, even though I have attained, I'm still pressing on. I'm forgetting what lies behind. I'm forgetting what lies behind. I point back so I can see God's faithfulness in my life. But I'm only looking ahead to what is forward, to what's ahead of me, for the increase and the advancement that God has in my life. Preparation has a process. What you don't prepare for, you won't carry out. What you don't prepare for, you won't carry out. I'll take it this I'll take it a step further. It's scary doing something for the first time when the game's on the line. Sure, Beckham could have, you know, gone out, launched out to make that catch in the game, but had he not prepared, had he not taken the time to prepare and develop himself, he may not have had the confidence he needed to know that he could do it. It's better to get it down in the preparation rather than waiting for it to be on the line. Because what does God need you to do this year that we didn't prepare for so we're not confident we can do it? But we've got to prepare 
so that we can carry it out. The third thing I have, we've got the problem with preparation, the process of preparation. But now I want to show you the power of preparation. The power of preparation. Preparation gives you power. It gives you the confidence to carry out that which God is calling you to do. See, here's the thing. Preparation is where failure takes place. It's in practice that you fail. It's in practice that you mess up. Maybe you don't field the ball properly. You don't catch the ball right. You don't run that route right. Uh, It's in the preparation where failure shows up. But here's the thing about preparation. How many of you have heard practice makes perfect? I've got a new one for you. Preparation makes proficient. You become proficient at the things you prepare for. See, in game time, they know they can run that route because they practiced it ten times on Thursday. They got it down. They worked out all the kinks. They worked out all the failures. They worked out all the mistakes. They worked out all the issues. No, you ran too far. Uh, you, 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 you turned too short. Uh, you didn't let go of the ball in time. Uh, you threw it a little bit behind me. I need you to throw it a little bit. They work all that stuff out in preparation, in practice, so then when it's game time, they can fulfill the task that they've been preparing for. But when you don't prepare right, you don't have the confidence to carry out that which God is calling you to do. With the lack of preparation comes a lack of confidence. There's an enablement. There's a power that shows up. And honestly, guys, what preparation is doing for you is it's putting you in the position to take your limitation and put it in God's hands. We saw with the feeding of the 5,000 that it wasn't until Jesus got a hold of the five loaves and two fish. The power shows up when you let God have control. We're not preparing so we can run this thing. We're preparing ourselves so we can listen to God so he can move through us. Practice is where the limitations limitations show up. Practice is where weaknesses show up. I've been training... Uh, with Travis for about the last month and a half in the gym. And uh, I've, I've worked out. I've worked out regularly in my life for probably about the last 12 years now. But I wanted uh, somebody else to come alongside me and, and push me to another level. And, and it was amazing the things that he began to reveal in my form. That I, there's things that I've just been doing wrong. I was even doing the right workouts. I was just doing them the wrong way. I was going too far or not going for, far enough down or, uh, you know, too much weight or not doing enough reps or whatever. And he began to expose the weaknesses. Preparation will expose the weaknesses so that we can reveal the strengths. And the strength that I had has been revealed when I took care of the weaknesses. But it's all because of preparation. 
It's all because of the preparation that I've been able to do more than I've, had, than I've been able to do in a long time. It's the preparation that gets you to push past your limitations. What preparation does God have for you this year that's going to help you push past the, all the times that you've said, but God, I have only? All I have is five loaves and two fish. All I have uh, is this, uh, uh, you know, $20 left over at the end of every paycheck. All I have uh, is a stubborn wife. All I have is kids that won't listen to me. All I have is a job that doesn't care about me and cuts me down. All I have, and he's going to say, yeah, but if you, if you will just prepare yourself, watch the power that will show up on your behalf. If you'll give me what you've got. All you got is $12, give it to me. All you got is that wife, give it to me. All you've got is that job, give it to me. All you've got is, is that level, uh, give it to me. All you've got is, is and, and, and what did Paul say? He said, to the degree I have already attained. See, God wants to use what you already have. A lot of times we think God is waiting for us to get more before he can do more. And he's saying, I can do more through you with what you have than you can do with more. So just take what you have, the limit, the small, the, 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 the insignificant, and watch what I can do with it. He stretched my wife and I when we first started this church. You know, for about first few months, you know, you're excited, you're passionate. Man, we're going to change this city. And then about uh, six months in, that's all it took. Six months in, you're thinking, well, all right. And we were looking at limitations. We didn't have a worship team. I was the only one that had any instrumental ability or gift. And I played drums. That's it. You can't leave very many songs from the drums. I don't care how badly you want to see it. You will not see that. I'm not a drum solo guy. Uh, we, my wife and I, were really the only ones that had any kind of Bible training, for whatever that's worth. And we, you know, just began to look and say, you know, if I had. If. Well, sure, they can do that. They've got this many staff. Sure, they can do that. Look at their worship team. And we went to a conference out in Oklahoma, and um, a, a minister spoke there that has been speaking into my life ever since. And he ministered a message. It was, it was for pastors and leaders. It was a three-day conference, and the very first night, God set me straight. And he ministered a message called, Use What's in the Box. Think outside the box, but use what's in the box. And he talked about how many times... We tell God, if I had, I would do. And he said, it's not until you become faithful with what you have that you'll be given more. And that was, you know, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We came back that weekend. And I stood right up here. Well, this stage wasn't here, so I stood right down there with concrete floors, no carpet. Y'all remember those days? No carpet, just concrete floors in here and you know, I don't even think we had TVs. We might have had TVs up there, but none of this stuff. No worship team. And that Sunday morning, I stood up here and I said, because one of the biggest things for me was, you know, we didn't have a team. My wife and I were the only ones walking through the doors 
with, with, the, with the real mindset of how are we pressing this thing forward? How are we engaging people? How are we loving people? How do we get, you know, ministries started and, and, and all the different things that we wanted to do? And, and so I stood right up here and I said, if, if there's anyone in this room that you feel you're called to this church to do more than just attend church and just fill a seat, that's not everybody, but if you feel like that's you and you want to come alongside us and help us grow this church, come tonight at 6 o'clock. And we had three families, three couples show up. And we started with that. That became our core team group that has now grown into our ministry head. And now we've got 14 of us on leadership staff that are helping us move. And we just started with what we had. Every single Sunday, ministering to them, communicating vision, uh, communicating the ins and outs of ministry, communicating our heart and our vision and our passion for this city. And we just started with what we had. And we've been doing that ever since. You've got to recognize in your, in your life that you're waiting for God to give you more and he's waiting to see what you're going to do with what you already have. Increase comes to those that work with what they have. Three men were given talents. One was given five. One was given two. One was given one. The five and the two produced because they took their five, they spent it, and they increased it. They took the two, spent it, and increased it. The one buried it, put it in the ground. I wonder how many things we buried last year that God's saying, dig it back up and put it to work and watch what happens in your life. I got to use uh, Jimmy Matthews, who isn't here with us this morning, but for the last four years, he has faithfully manned uh, the, the board and the words and, and everything in the back in our uh, production media area. For four years, by himself, every Sunday, every Wednesday. He was faithful with what he had. He didn't bury it. And now we've got men that have been added to him. We've got individuals that now go back there. And, and in fact, we've got a, a, a man back there today. That man is the result of Jimmy's faithfulness to not bury it. But he found someone to develop. He found someone to invest in. He found someone to reproduce himself in. And now Jimmy's not even able, not even able to be here today, and it's still being done. I remember there were some services he wasn't able to show up. I would run all the words during, during worship because we had a drummer at the time. I'd run all the words and then run up here for the message and have somebody else, you know, just try to man the verses. Preparation. Preparation. Game time's coming. What have you prepared for? Chase, Lisa, if y'all come up. Preparation gets you in position. At the end of the day, it produces not your power, but God's power in you. God's power in you. What does God want to do with your life this year? It's the first question. What's the expectation? But now, what have I prepared myself for? How am I preparing for that? What do I need to set in order? Because God isn't blessing a mess. There's some things you're going to have to set straight. You're believing God for something. And he's saying, I need you to get this together. I want to bring my power through your life. But I don't want my power to go to you and be wasted. 
I want my power to go through you and impact somebody else's life. The changes you want to see, the development that you want to see increase, it comes during the time of preparation. I, I know it's not showy. I, I know that it can get old. Uh, I know, you know, you're going to have opportunities. I've been walking in love towards her. She just won't respond. I, I've been saving the money, but I just don't see the increase. I've been faithful with my tithe and offering, but I, I, I don't, so, don't see the extra. I, I've been faithful at this job, but they just don't seem to recognize. I, I, I've been faithful in this position, and they just don't see, uh, to, they don't seem to see that I have what it takes to go to the next. I know there's going to be times where you want to shut down, quit. It's too much. The failure shows up. I can't seem to get it right, but keep practicing. Keep preparing. Keep pushing. Keep pressing on to the mark. Not that you've already attained. Not that you've already perfected. But I am perfecting. I am attaining. I am preparing. I am pressing. It's the process. But it will make you proficient in what God has. Father, we thank you this morning. And we give you all the glory and praise that it's your power in our life. It's your power demonstrated in us and through us that causes greatness to come out of us. But, Father, we set ourselves this year to prepare faithfully, to press faithfully, to push faithfully in all that you have. In the times where we want to shut down, in the times where we become tired and weary from doing the same old thing, the same old story, the same old response. We know that as we press, we're being perfected for your glory. May we not become weary and well-doing. May we understand that all the ingredients coming together make the results we're expecting. They make the results we're expecting. It's not by might. It's not by power. By your spirit. It's by your spirit. This year, we will achieve greatness. We will see things change in our lives. But weaknesses will come out. Limitations will be unveiled. The transition will expose that which needs to be corrected. But Father, as we're faithful to give attention to the things that need change, I believe that we will see the change that you have for us this year. We give you all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen, amen.